0: A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to
1: Table Talk Radio.
0: And the problem that God has with that is that He didn't command it or institute it. He He, he only wants images that He commands and institutes to be made, and when He makes Himself when, it, when the scripture says that Jesus is the very image of God, then he has made an image of himself for us, Jesus. And if we were to not have pictures of Jesus, then we would be breaking the
2: second commandment. But now all this rests upon this moment and that you must do the right thing in order to reap the benefits of this. If you're going to be forgiven, if you're going to be atoned for, if you're going to get the imputed righteousness of God, you must then do this. And and this is what's so terrible about what we call decision theology is that it it takes everything away of the
0: gospel and puts it all back on the law. I mean, this is a stop the press sort of thing to see God, you know? Wow! That's amazing! Stop the song! Tell us about that! That's great!
2: Making sure the definition of mediocre does not get out of hand, you are listening to Table Talk Radio.
0: (laughs) Trying to rein it in there. Yeah, whoa, whoa. Hey, that mediocrity. Take it easy. <laughs> that, that, starting to excel Settle a little bit
2: down, in that mediocrity. definition. Right? Okay. Well, in uh, <laughs> Table Talk Radio, what we normally do is um, a subpar effort at talking about various topics. And today, we're going to be that, doing that same thing. <laughs> but we're going to be talking right. about uh, some licensed-laid deacons playing a little kick the dog and console the child and then we're gonna be playing listen to that
0: speech from (laughs) what game what game are we playing later i don't know this is called this is called the game get past your flammy to listen to table talk so by the way the flammy was at the convention and people kept coming up to him saying hey you're the flammy (laughs) (laughs) Which means there was a couple of table talk radio listeners hanging around, and he doesn't listen to the show because, I don't know, he tried to preserve the tenderness of his conscience, I suppose. And uh, But we were sitting around talking, and someone mentioned this presentation or speech or sermon or something that President Obama gave at the at the um, memorial service in Dallas. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, if you guys take that apart, I'll listen. So this, is, this game is called Get the Flammy to Listen to Table Talk.
2: All right. Welcome, Pastor Flammy, to the show. All right, now, um, let's, right. let's start out with some buzzwords. Pastor Wolf Mueller.
0: My buzzword for you, by the way, every buzzword for you from here until June 2017 is going to be a German buzzword. I think uh, I know because why. Because we got to learn German. Everybody's got to learn German, so we can go over to see, you know, Germany kick around. So, today's buzzword uh, brought to you by Germany 2017 is Anfechtung. Uh, now, it just so happens that that's a very difficult word to translate, but it probably means something like trouble or temptation or whatever. And it goes in Luther's list of the three things that make up theologian. You got on the one hand uh, meditation, meditatio. You got on the other hand ten, uh, uh, oratio or prayer, and then on the third hand, you've got if you have three hands, you've got anfectum or tentatio, which means trouble or temptation or affliction, something like that. So anfectum. All I bet right. you I won't even notice if you say it. I might sneeze. It'll be
2: just that. And you might think that. I guess. Consume My theological buzzword for, well, theological buzz phrase is mortal sin. And there used to be an old distinction between a mortal sin and a venial sin. The mortal sin was like, well, let me start with the venial sin. The venial sin were the sins that weren't threatening to faith itself. So you know everybody tells a little white lie. Um, I say, uh, uh, Pastor Wolfinger, what did you think of my sermon? And you say, Oh, I thought it was fantastic. And there's just a little, little white lie that goes on there, but not a big, uh, kind of big deal, kind of a sin. And then, uh, so, so they would describe this as kind of like a leak in the bathtub. It's, it's. It's leaking a little water on the floor, but nothing to 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 rob you of ha- taking a bath still. But then the mortal sin comes along, and these are the big sins. These are the the ones that that are an assault to faith, and they dr- just completely drain the bathtub altogether, so that you can't still take a bath and just waters everywhere. It's a huge crack in the tub. So these are the, like you commit murder, you commit adultery, the really big sins. Now Luther is uh, wise to point out that when you treat sin as if it is no big deal, it's just a, a minor thing that you just need to kind of gloss over, then it in of itself is a mortal sin, because any sin that, that goes unconfessed and one that you don't think you need forgiveness for, that becomes a great mortal sin. But the, the sins that you regard as as mortal, ones that would uh, take you to death, well, those sins are the ones that you uh, feel remorseful and, and confess before God and and uh, he then offers forgiveness for sins such as these. So these mortal sins, these, these bad, bad sins, become no big deal. So he kind of takes it and reverses it. The venial sins are mortal sins, and the mortal sins are venial sins.
0: Yeah, and that's in the Heidelberg Disputation, which I don't love. But you wonder if we're going to Heidelberg? The answer is, yeah, we'll go to Heidelberg. We'll go <laughs> Let's
2: play a game how many things you can connect, you can segue to Germany throughout the course of this show. Oh, that's a great so game. So far, you're at two.
0: Okay. Two. well, That's how g- many people we have registered for the trip so far. <laughs> two.
2: No. <laughs> let's that's make gonna, it three. Never mind. I don't like this game. <laughs> this is going to be a little out of hand. Game. All right. Well, let's go to the email bag at inbox. Uh, no, I mean <laughs> 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 the inbox at, uh, what's our address? Questions at tabletalkradio.org. Questions
0: here it is. Uh, hey, guys, my husband listens and I listen to your show often. Wait, wait, wait. Did this person
2: say my husband listens? Oh, yeah. And I listen to mm-hmm. mm-hmm. my husband listens to your
0: show often, as do I. <laughs> That's well said. <laughs> Today we listen to show 180. I understand LLD ministry. That means licensed late deacon is a heated topic right now. But I was disappointed in your tone. The facts were good, but your tone was condescending and disparaging. There's already too much anger at each other in the world. It doesn't make sense to me that it seems like the show was deliberately trying to inflame some of our brothers and sisters in the Northwest region. Given past shows, I doubt that was your intent, but that's how it came off. Please consider the effect on our church body as well uh, as, uh, as a whole next time something like this comes up. Thanks for listening. You're a listener. I, wonder, I don't know where she's from So there you go. So that's the email. We have permission uh, from the sender to read the email and to respond to it. And so we're going to respond to this by playing the game, uh, console the child, kick the dog.
2: Ah, right. This is the whole distinction that you make. Well, I guess you you probably got it from Luther or someone. Probably. Um, Where we have to make a distinction between the falsely taught and the false teacher. Uh, we're, we're reminded from the scriptures that uh, teaching God's people is a great responsibility. And so when we um, take on the endeavor, that that we will be judged uh, harshly. And so uh, Luther makes a distinction. When, you, when you're dealing with those who have been taught falsely, then you need to deal with them as you are uh, comforting a child. But when dealing with the false teacher, the one who is leading people astray, then you need to deal with them harshly like you would... Uh, probably kick a dog who is about to attack the child, so that 's that 's kind of what we 're doing in this game right
0: yeah that 's right, so we got it when we hear the false teaching. so license like is false teaching in the church It says that hey you should have uh, uh, you should have people who aren 't pastors acting like pastors and we say okay that 's false teaching, but now how do you deal with it? Uh, do you deal with it in a harsh way or with it in a gentle way and really, the answer is it depends it depends on if you 're dealing with people who are who are bringing this false doctrine to the church to steal away the comfort of the gospel, or if you're dealing with people who are caught up in it. And the tricky thing in this situation is, how do we ourselves deal with uh, those who are licensed lay deacons, for example, right? How, how do we, those people who have, um, who are acting as pastors but aren't and, and, and are convinced, really, that they're doing a, a good and blessed work for the church and for the Lord Jesus, and I think probably... That it's in this case, it's the licensed lay deacons who need the tenderness of the gospel. And the people who really need kicking around would probably be the people who are uh, teaching them for maybe the district presidents or the other pastors who are saying, Oh, no, don't worry about being trained to be a pastor. Or, uh, it's fine, just go and do it. Or members of a district who would make a promotional
2: video to influence delegates at a convention.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and they're trying to foist this upon people. Now, when we were taking this topic up a couple of shows ago, we were kicking the dog. And we were kicking with severity, but also with hilarity. Did I think see? so. I Did guess not. What? It's
2: it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's always shocking to find out that not everybody appreciates our humor. And that, yeah, which that's can. hard for me to understand. I can't even understand. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: I mean, just, I mean, you know, as you and I are doing the show, and we picture our four listeners, it's just they're rolling on the ground, holding yeah. their stomach. Yeah, yeah. Stop it! <laughs> Stop! Quit! I can't.
2: You know, can't it, breathe. it is. I think we should say this because we just have about a minute here before our break, and then we'll play the game on the other side of the break. Um, it, it is interesting to note that we, um, you know, in the in the all the emails that we get that uh, criticize our show, we get a, a, I don't know, not a lot, but a a, a fair handful of emails criticizing our show. I'd say uh 9 out of 10 emails are uh, critical of our humor and our approach more than the content of what we say. And I think that that's the risk of doing a show like what we do. Um you know, we're trying to bring something that's a little entertaining. It is a radio show uh, that uh, we we want it to be fun to listen to. And uh, that does come with some humor, and humor is oftentimes offensive. Now, so oftentimes, though, uh, offense is often taken where none is given, and I think that is probably the case here. But it's always a good reminder to kind of be careful of the way that we address these matters.
0: Yes, I'd say so.
2: All right. Well, when we get back from this break, we're going to play a little kick the dog, comfort the child with the matter of licensed lay deacons. How are we going to address those who need to be comforted in this false teaching? And how are we going to address those who need to be rebuked in promoting this false teaching? That's what we're dealing with on Table Talk Radio right after this. Send us your emails, questions at tabletalkradio.org or 1-800-385-SOLA.
0: People Talk Radio, the low-calorie Lutheran radio game show. The Daily Bible Meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when, when she's, she's away. away. Boom. Boom and she's always oh, gone you know? too long.
2: <definitivities> welcome back to table talk radio and uh, we are playing kick the dog I know, I know, comfort the child I know, I know, and I know, I know, as soon as pastor Wolfner gets know, done singing we're gonna play I the game
0: know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Ain't gonna leave young thing
2: alone. <laughs> anyway, no I guess we're gonna play anyway. <laughs>
0: Alright, so uh you gotta pick worse bumps and no sunshine. <laughs> oh man, that song. That song, you know what that song is? It's too short. That song could go on for another ten minutes. Yeah. In fact, why don't we just do that?
2: Okay. It's, all right, Instead of playing, kick the dog Cover the child. We're gonna listen to "Eat No Sunshine."
0: Over. Just put it on loop.
2: <laughs> okay. So um, I think I'm gonna kick the dog here. Right. So um, what, what? Pose the just the whole issue of licensed lay deacons.
0: Get me hey. Go. Okay. Here, I'll do it like this. Hey, I'm a teacher in the church, and you know what I think? I think. <laughs>
2: look, look. That was a. You were not pastors. That was General. a. That was a divine thing. Your your audio cut out right when you. Said whatever you said. I think that's great. Really, the, the best way to kick the dog is just to cut
0: out the audio. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, say whatever you said again. What I
0: so I said is uh, I'm a teacher in the church, and I say, "Hey, all you Christians out there, you should have guys acting like pastors who aren't really pastors." That's what <laughs> I think you should have.
2: All right. Well, what this does is it uh, it takes away from the comfort of the sheep. Now, if if the Lord so willed it that. Um, there would be no person to have authority to speak on his behalf then he would have never had instituted the church you know like where he said go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and teaching them all things that he, that i have commanded you and he wouldn't have said hey uh, if you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven if they uh if you do not forgive the sins of any they are not forgiven So that he is setting up a mouthpiece, and this is the whole point, that the office of the ministry is a mouthpiece for God. Now, are we saying then that there is no forgiveness outside of that which is declared by the pastor? No, of course not. But when it comes to the voice of the church in the context of the forgiveness and retaining of sins, administering the sacrament, which is given for the forgiveness of sins, then he has set up an office. Uh, to speak on his behalf. And it just so happens the way that we know theologically that a person belongs to this office is that he has been rightly called. That's me mean, this means that, that the congregation has come and said, uh, we want this man to serve in our behalf to preach the gospel and minister the sacraments. And when he is doing that, he is doing so on our behalf. He is exercising the keys that has been given to us. And that that is the way that we know he is speaking on behalf of God. Now, the difficulty, as we mentioned in, in the show a couple of weeks ago, the difficulty is that um, Missouri Synod congregations have made a deal with each other, saying that the only people we're going to put into the office are those who have been certified by the process. And uh, you might not like that process, but you're free to be a church outside of the Missouri Synod anytime you want. But if you want to be a church inside the Missouri Synod, then then pick a pastor, pick a guy who's been approved, who's been certified to be a pastor amongst us. There, that's it. Was that hard? That, I mean, that wasn't even kicking the dog. I was just explaining the doctrine. <laughs> nice. Okay, now, uh, yeah. um, I am a deacon, and I am here to preach a sermon and to administer the sacraments. Go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is the console of the child. I mean, here, so here, I, I think, you know, one of the things that came up in this conversation last week was the fact that deacons are hungry for more theo- theology. And you mentioned that, too, that you have a number of deacons who come to the uh, continuing ed class that you guys host there in, um, in Rogue River. And they're learning more and more. And one of the things that they learn uh, as they study their theology is that, um, uh, is that the Lord calls pastors. Now here, these guys have a desire to be a pastor, and Paul, Saint Paul says that anyone who desires such a thing desires a good thing, desires a good work, and 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 that's to be commended. The desire to serve in the Lord's church and to preach His word—it's not for everyone, but for those that um, have that desire, they can indicate that that desire is a good thing. But here, someone came along and said to the people with that desire, "Oh, well, you don't need to go to seminary. You don't need to be trained. You don't need to learn the um, you don't need to learn the languages. You don't need to." you don't need to do anything just take a couple of classes and we'll supervise you and then you can be here under our authority and now these licensed lay deacons are in this very difficult spot where they're they're not ordained they can't take calls to other churches they don't fall under the protections of ordination which other pastors have being part of the collegium uh of the you know the 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 gathering of pastors uh having the um uh, being being members of the synod i mean a lot of people think that if you're a member of a missouri synod lutheran church you're a mis- member of the missouri synod but it's not true the only members of the synod are in fact churches and up uh, and pastors those who have been called and these uh stand out outside of that and so they lack all those sort of protections and people have put them in this place of great vulnerability i mean um uh, st paul says that for example in colossians 1 that I fill up in my sufferings the sufferings of Christ, and what he means by that, what is lacking in the suffering of Christ, was he said, and he doesn't mean that that Jesus didn't finish suffering to atone for sins, but rather he means that the pastors stand out in front of the attacks on the church and and take the brunt of the devil's um, uh, wrath and anger on behalf of the members of the congregation. Uh, that there's a suffering on behalf of the congregation, so that the office of pastor is an office of a special temptation, a special suffering, a special, uh, uh, particularly kind of a special calling in this way. And to go with that calling, we need the promises that the Lord gives, the the comfort that comes from being set apart for this ministry, like St. Paul says uh, to Timothy about the gifts that were given to you in the laying on of hands. And we've always understood those gifts to be, um, the, the The gifts that the Holy Spirit brings that are needed for the task at hand uh, that are given in this external way, and so there should be some great frustration in on behalf of the licensed lay deacons uh, w- when they realize what what 's happened here and this p- this position that they put into this dangerous position they 've been put into now for for them, I think wait, they want to have the comfort that Christ is with them that Christ's Word is always efficacious, and it never returns void, and that there's an easy way uh, for them, in fact, to bring the place where they are into order, and that the, their service is to be uh, commended, uh, but, that the, but that an orderly way of making that service um, fit into the Lord's institution uh, has also been provided for them. Uh, and, and we want to we try to help them in every way to p- kind of bring that into order. You know what it reminds me
2: of? I'm not sure now if I'm kicking the dog or controlling a child. I suppose I'm kicking the dog. But um it reminds me of you know how uh, in our crazy world that we live in, you have people who are uh arguing that uh like a lesbian couple ought to be able to adopt a child or something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. or that um or that you'll have uh women who have no need for a husband they'll just, you know, go get a child and 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 reject the idea that this child should even have the possibility of having a father. And so they're setting up as the ideal what we used to say was unfortunate. So, um it's certainly possible that you could have a pastor that somehow got through seminary and doesn't know Greek and Hebrew. Is possibly have a pastor who doesn't uh, you read the confessions or something like that but we would we would lament that we would say that's too bad <laughs> that your pastor doesn't know the languages it's too bad that your pastor doesn't think the confessions are worth studying um but what What we're seeing with the matter of licensed lay deacons is that the district presidents or the districts that have licensed lay deacon programs, they're setting it up as the ideal to have those who have not been trained in the languages or set up as the ideal those who have not been trained in the confessions. So what they're essentially saying is that those matters for a pastor are not important, just like the feminists are saying fathers aren't important to to marriage.
0: Yeah. No, that's right. I mean, really, that's that's it. And the problem is that the further we go away from the Lord's ordering of things, uh, then the further away we move from freedom. So, if you have, I mean, you see this a lot as when you have when families break down, just things get oftentimes so much worse uh, as far as the condition of the family, and um, and a lot of what we see today, where people are relying on. For example, for, uh, they're relying on charity for their family to survive, because they have this br- breakdown in order, and there's and there's no fathers there, or there's no hard work there, or something. This, something similar happens with the licensed lay deacons, so that w- these these pastors are not well, these guys, these licensed late deacons are not free. They're they're really uh, under the authority of their supervisors, and that is not good. It's just not a good situation to be in, and hopefully we can help rescue some of these guys.
2: All right. Well, let's uh, take a break, and we get back from the break. We're going to be listening to President Obama's speech or eulogy. I'm not sure what it is during the uh, Texas Officers Memorial. we we'll be right back on Table Talk. I know it's
0: It's a movement, not a radio show.
1: You're listening
0: to Table Talk Radio. Our friends over at Ad Crusum have put together a great store with discerning Christian art and designs. They've got collections, Christmas stuff, housewares. They've got a number of pieces of art. My favorite is the greeting cards that they've put together. Uh, which not only combine ancient Christian art, uh, they also have great theology, rightly dividing law and gospel, and they're cards for all occasions. You you got your Christmas cards, Easter cards, baptism and confirmation cards, which are impossible to find, and, and they all have comforting scriptures. So they're beautiful, and uh, and they deliver the message of Christ crucified for sinners wonderfully. So visit the folks at Ad Crucem at their website a d c r u c e m dot com at Crusum.com, uh, and you can find it all there. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Hey,
2: Flammy, thanks for hanging in this long. We're now going to be listening to the Oh, yeah, the Flammy. This is the Flammy show. The Flammy show. <laughs> How come he has not been on our show yet, has he? I don't know. He's oh, afraid. I think he has been on. Has he been on once? Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, he's I, afraid. I, I get him confused with all the Vickers you had before I the know. Flam came. I
0: know, before the Flammy was
2: here. All right. Well, in any case, uh, we are listening to the remarks from... President Obama at the Dallas Memorial Service. Uh, so let's just dive in, and then you tell me where to stop, okay, Pastor? Okay.
1: President Mrs. Bush, my friend, the Vice President, and Dr. Biden, Mayor Rawlings, Chief Spillin, clergy, members clergy. of Congress,
0: what well, is this a service? By the way, what is this that we're actually listening to? This is a
2: memorial for the Dallas police officers. Okay, it's and, a memorial service. And the title from ABC News says these are President Obama's remarks. So remarks. I don't know.
0: Not what, a sermon.
1: Right, his remarks.
0: Okay. Okay. okay
1: got it. Chief Brown, I'm so glad I met Michelle first because she loves Stevie Wonder. <laughs>
0: What Did the guy look like Stevie Wonder and he's saying that Michelle Obama would have married
1: him instead? I guess. I don't know. I don't. But most of all, the families. And friends. And colleagues. This is going to be a long time. Fellow officers. <laughs> Scripture tells us. Ah, okay. Right in that it. in our sufferings there is glory.
2: What? Be- so scripture tells us in our sufferings there is glory. What scripture is that, I wonder? Maybe I'll quote it.
1: Because we know that suffering produces Produce- perseverance. perseverance. Oh, okay. Romans five. Perseverance, perseverance. character. And character. Hope.
0: Uh, I see what he's done there. Okay, so Sometimes, the text, by the way, we're pulling it up, but it says um, not only this, but we glory in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. So, uh, I don't know if there's glory in our suffering. We glory in, in other words, we boast in our sufferings. We have that's what the that's what the text is saying. Got it. Got it. Okay.
1: Sometimes the truths of these words are hard to see. Right now, those words test us. Hmm, That's actually pretty good. Because the people of Dallas, Taking notes? Yeah. People across the country are suffering. We're here to honor the memory and mourn the loss of five fellow Americans. Agree with their loved ones, to support this community, to pray for the wounded, and to try and find some meaning amidst our sorrow. For the men and women who protect and serve the people of Dallas, last Thursday began like any other day. Like most Americans, each day you get up, probably have too quick a breakfast, kiss your family goodbye, and you head to work. But your work and the work of police officers across the country is like no other. For the moment you put on that uniform, you have answered a call that at any moment, even in the briefest interaction, may put your life in harm's way. Lauren Ahrens, he answered that call. Huh. So did his wife, Kat- Katrina, not only because she was the spouse of a police officer, but because she's a detective on the force. They have two kids, and Lauren took them fishing and used to proudly go to their school in uniform. And the night before he died, he bought dinner for a homeless man. And the next night, Katrina had to tell their children that their dad was gone. they don't get it yet, their grandma said. They don't know what to do quite yet. Michael Kroll answered that call. His mother said he knew the dangers of the job, but he never shied away from his duty. He came a 1,000 miles from his home state of Michigan to be a cop in Dallas, telling his family, this is something I wanted to do. Last year, he brought his girlfriend back to Detroit for Thanksgiving, and it was the last time he'd see his family. Michael Smith answered that call in the Army, and over almost 30 years working for the Dallas Police Association, which gave him the appropriately named Cop's Cop Award. A man of deep faith, when he was off duty, he could be found at church or playing softball with his two girls. Today. His girls have lost their day. For God has called Michael home. Patrick Zamaripa, he answered that call. Just 32, a former altar boy who served in the Navy and dreamed of being a cop. He liked to post videos of himself and his kids on social media. And on Thursday night, while Patrick went to work, His partner, Christy, posted a photo of her and their daughter at a Texas Rangers game and tagged her partners so that he could see it while on duty. Brent Thompson answered that call. He served his country as a Marine. And years later, as a contractor, he spent time in some of the most dangerous parts of Iraq, in Afghanistan, and then a few years ago, he settled down here in Dallas for a new life of service as a transit cop. And just about two weeks ago, he married a fellow officer. Their whole life together, waiting before them. Like police officers across the country, these men and their families shared a commitment to something larger than themselves. They weren't looking for their names to be up in lights. They'd tell you the pay was decent, but wouldn't make you rich. They could have told you about the stress and long shifts, and they'd probably agree with Chief Brown, when he said that cops don't expect to hear the words thank you very often, especially from those who need them the most. No, the the reward comes in knowing that our entire way of life in America depends on the rule of law. That the maintenance of that law is a hard and daily labor. That in this country, we don't have soldiers in the streets or militias setting the rules. Instead, we have public servants, police officers, like the men who were taken away from us.
2: About a minute here, Pastor, then we'll continue on the other side.
0: Yeah, well, let's stop there and talk about it so far. And so, so far, this is nice. I mean, to give a tribute to those uh, who fell in the uh, the line of duty, it's good. To hear that from a president, so
2: yeah. that is really good. I was thinking thing- that too, especially from a president, that we understand that these are not just officers that that fell, though they were officers, but they were, you know, fathers, husbands, wives. You know, this is, I guess, I guess they were all men, mm-hmm. you know, but they but they were members
0: of families. Hmm. Uh that's right. And and then and also to make this point, which I think is a good point that we should probably make more, is that these were you know humble men who were not out to become famous, uh, but just were going about their duty. And that's also good. And then the other th- that our society stands uh, by the rule of law, and um, uh, and that's also right. So these are all right things, and they are rightly they are rightly said, and all I think appropriately said. I think the theological point that President Obama makes, and this is a bit of a subtle and profound point, is he quoted uh, Romans five? I mean, a little loosely. But he quoted Romans 5, and then he said, these words challenge us today. In other words, the, the Scriptures call us to believe that there is uh, good in suffering. And 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 in the midst of suffering, we look around and we say, this does not seem good uh, to, to us. And so, um, uh, so we're challenged to conform our way of thinking and believing to what the Bible says rather than to what we see around us. And I've I've barely heard a pastor make that point that well. I mean, I think that was really well done, and I think I would have wanted to listen to this and come into it, in fact, with guns blazing, but so far I'm unable to blaze the guns.
2: Okay. Well, we'll continue on the other side of the break, and we'll see what pastor. Oh, excuse me. What Uh-oh. president <laughs> President Obama says next. If uh, you have anything you want to respond to from what you what we've said so far. Give us a call one 800
1: 385
0: Sola. We'll be right back. But in the end right. I hope you the time of your life. Table Talk Radio. Well, we think we're funny. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast.
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are eight minutes in, the 40-minute speech
0: uh, for
2: President Obama. It's going to take a little while to get through the whole thing, I'd say. I hope you're ready for an extended edition of Table Talk Radio. Um, you want me to skip ahead a little bit? Is that yep, yep,
0: yep, All let's right. bounce around. we got some scripture references in there, so let's, let's maybe take those up. We know what to do with that. So <laughs> Yeah, that's right. How about it? Get that? us in something that
2: we can respond to. <laughs> that's right. All right, well, here is a section of about halfway through his
1: speech. Here it is. And so I'm reminded of a passage in John's Gospel... Let us love not with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Hmm. If we're to sustain the unity we need to get through these difficult times, if we are to honor these five outstanding officers who have we lost then we will need to act on the truths that we know. And that's not easy. It makes us uncomfortable. But we're going to have to be honest with each other and ourselves. We know that the overwhelming majority of police officers do an incredibly hard and dangerous job fairly and let's talk about that. That's good. That's good. I think that gives us
0: enough to get an idea of what he's talking about there. Okay. So he said he said I'm reminded of the passage from the Gospel of John. Now I actually don't know I mean the the passage he quotes is first John three eighteen. And I just did a scan here to see what version he's he's quoting from, because I thought that'd be interesting. And it looks like it's the NIV, so maybe not a surprise there. Let us not love in word and in speech. But with actions and in truth, uh, so so now I don't. What do you, what do you make of this? The fact that he, um, President Obama, said it's from the Gospel of John and it's from First John. I mean, should should that be a deal?
2: Um, well, I'm sure that it was just something that he remembered from his nightly devotions a couple nights before and. It doesn't does didn't play uh, Bible be as much as he should probably is what it was,
0: but um, (laughs) it it is I I, I do get the idea I mean with that that it's not like, it's not the native, I mean it's the same sort of thing you know when Trump is two Corinthians or whatever but he was it was it was actually two Corinthians that he's quoting from it wasn't the wrong book everyone goes nuts when Trump does that and but when President Obama I don't I don't think I heard too much about this. I'm not sure though that it matters if it I mean but, but it does indicate that it's not a kind of a native sitting in the scriptures, but rather you're going in to find you're going in to find the text that you want to find, right? Yeah. But I mean and I so think So this is Yeah, go ahead. Uh the The the, t- the text here, Jesus is saying or, uh, well, look, I've done it. <laughs> John is saying uh <laughs> that's right. Um we can't just say you know i love you be well be fed and then go on your way we, that that love is in fact an act it that's why the word charity is perhaps even more helpful than the word love because love is an emotion that's at least the way we treat it but when the scriptures talk about it it means an action it's something that we're doing and yet um that doesn't just mean that you know with that the particular love that the scriptures are talking about uh, are in fact the act of uh, suffering and dying in Christ's name for our neighbor. I just don't know if the acts that President Obama is talking about, what, the, when he says the actions that we're called to in this text, um, it's, it just seems a different sort of thing. It's, it seems like that it's, it's bringing this action into the kind of the whole worldview of tolerance. We got to get along with each other. Yeah. Well, insofar as
2: tolerance here means not killing one another, I agree that it's the president's job uh, to promote that. I'm just not sure that I would, if I was the president of the United States, be using the Bible to do that. Um, however, yeah. um, a couple things that are interesting about what he said is he, he talked about unity. Now, the the verse he quoted didn't actually talk about unity, but he says that if we're going to get through this, it's going to be by our unity and the the unity that the scriptures talk about is a unity of of faith, a unity of doctrine to which we don't have with our neighbors necessarily. So so here he stands as the president of the United States of America and within the United States of America there are, you know, Muslims, Jews, atheists, Christians and uh, to say we need a we need to stand in our unity, well there might be a unity in that we're all Americans but there is no unity in the kind of unity that the scriptures talk about. That is the unity of faith. And then the other thing, and I want you you to respond to this, he says that we need to act on the truth that we know. And I think there he is trying to make an appeal that we know that we shouldn't be Mm. killing one another. But uh, he says that we should act. So this is the, the love in action kind of thing. We need to act on the truth that we
0: know. Yeah, I don't, that's interesting. It's true. I mean that's a true statement, so we don't we don't act on lies certainly, and we can't act on the truth that we don't know. But what is the truth that we know? I mean that's the question. What what is the common reality that we all hold to? And I wonder if it's uh, different for President Obama than it is for you know for the, the Christian Church. Um, I just I mean I I don't know. Uh, but there is a call to common decency here, and it's a, it's a thing I think that's worth pointing out that President Obama is at least trying to bring the scriptures to bear. I mean, a lot of people would question the legitimacy of that in itself. That it, it, should a president be quoting the scriptures? But we see that this is not. I mean, he's not the first. He's the every president speaks this way. So it's really. I mean, I think it's a wrestling to for for the secularists to do. To say, is this even appropriate at all? We would say, well, yeah, you should at least try to do this uh, and speak of these truths that we're all bound to, to be able to speak in these kind of sweeping moral generalizations that, we, we, that we're called to act upon the truths that we know, that this is, in fact, good for a president to do, a good thing for him to say. Yeah.
2: Well, I would say. Let, let's uh, move on a little bit later in the speech and see what else he talks about.
1: But then I am reminded of what the Lord tells Ezekiel. I will give you a new heart, the Lord says, and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's what we must pray for, each of us, a new heart, not a heart of stone, but a heart open to the fears and hopes and challenges of our fellow citizens. Okay, so, so that's
2: okay. the
0: contrast, the two hearts
2: that Ezekiel is talking about. There. That's Go ahead.
0: That's the pay dirt we were looking for in this thing, by the way. We got it. Oh yeah, so the new heart so Ezekiel says I'll take your heart of stone, I'll give you a new heart of flesh. And so we get to see the contrast, the heart of stone to the heart of flesh. And how does Obama describe the heart of flesh? It's not the heart that sh- that repents of its sins. Th- that's what the scriptures mean, by the way, the repentant heart, the heart, the new heart of the spirit, which is given to us in baptism. But Obama says that the new heart is a heart that is open to the fears. What does it say? The fears and vulnerabilities of our neighbor.
2: Yeah, something like
0: that. Uh, t- uh, in other words, it's a, t- it's a, it's a, it's a heart of compassion it's a heart of tenderness it's a heart of neighborliness Mm -hmm. so it's a heart that sets us at uh it sets us at gentleness towards our neighbor uh it's the it's the heart of tolerance that is really what the worldview is here so that i uh now should should we be compassionate and gentle and peaceful with our neighbor? should we try to understand what's going on with them and all this sort of thing yes answer yes of course but is that is that all that the text is talking about well no in fact is it at the, what the text is talked about at all? No. This just um, reminds me so that, that gives you a hint that, that we need
2: to, uh, in order to understand scripture, we have to know scripture. <laughs> that uh, w- w- if you just pick up the Bible, and you say you read a verse and say, okay, what does this mean? You're more than likely going to insert into what you already think into this text and say, oh, a new heart. This means we need to be neighborly because that's the issue that I'm uh, thinking about at the moment. But as we read the Scripture, we need to let the Scriptures themselves teach us what Scripture means. And the heart and center of Scripture, if we would read it and understand it, is that of, you mentioned before, repentance and faith. And then that's going to guide us into understanding what Ezekiel is talking about.
0: Right, that's right. Now, this is so—so now. So here, to just take, take a step back and look at the context, is here's a city that's kind of rocked by—and a, and a country, really, that's rocked by this— um, violence, uh, attacks on police, and questions about whether police are acting rightly um, towards if there's some about racially motivated hatred in, institutionalized in the police force. And and the text that comes up is this Ezekiel text. Now, what w- if you were going to do this, what text would you be preaching on? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what would you do? I t- I- I'll tell you the text I would preach on. The Fifth Commandment. You okay. shall not kill. <laughs> hey, stop killing! I mean, that's a text that, in fact, speaks directly to this. Uh, so there's, I suppose, there's more poetic ways to get to it than that, but that's the simple way. Uh-huh. Um, hey, we got, we have to respect life, and it's really the Christian uh, faith that alone gives that life that respect.
2: Well, that's it. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio
0: where the points are like the on you feel in the midst of mortal Radio. sin. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your doctor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable
1: urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.